Hello and welcome to the Steve Who's Benson podcast. It's been a while since I've recorded a podcast. Uh, since I have been sheltering in home, looking for fun things to do to keep myself occupied, I thought I would start the podcast back up. It's one of the things I really enjoy doing. So I got a question for you. Are the walls closing in? We need to stay sheltering in place. We know we need to do it, but uh, are the walls closing in a little bit? I feel it myself, a little claustrophobic, and I've I have a great place to be sheltering in home, but I want to get out. I want to go and be around people. I want to go to the grocery store. I want to go to Home Depot. I miss Home Depot. My wife says I can't go to Home Depot anymore. What a drag. You know, we need to stay hopeful. I'm hopeful. The virus is swirling around us, but we need to stay hopeful. You know, and I know this is hard. A young man in his 30s, I heard this past week, died leaving a um, a family, a wife and young kids behind us here in Littleton. I just found out this morning that a church family member, a church family has a virus. You know, that's a wake up. Another church member has a son who's a minister up in Nebraska and his wife has the virus. So it's kind of circling around and making its way into people that we know and care about. You know, um, but again, I feel hopeful. Uh, I know we're being shaped. We're living in unprecedented times. That's a word that uh, a lot of people are using, and I want to use it as well. It's interesting. I talked with a doctor that I know who's in his late 70s, and I asked him in his career, has he ever seen anything like this? I mean, in the history of medicine, has he ever seen anything like the uh, coronavirus? I said, you know, Ebola, measles, mumps. The flu, everybody talks about the flu epidemic back in the early 1900s, or um, 1918, was that when it was? And But he said that, no, there's never been something like this that is a global pandemic that runs literally throughout the globe. And he it kind of freaks me out. He ran the numbers for me of uh, the percentage of people who are going to get the virus, and there's a 1% death rate of people who will die of the virus, and... When you look at the virus peak, I mean, it's like thousands and thousands and thousands of people are going to die because of the virus and hundreds of thousands of people who are going to become infected. And it's just like it makes you want to pull in a little bit and uh, not go outside. The lieutenant governor, the governor and the lieutenant governor gave a, a presentation for clergy and spiritual leaders, and he said that... Um, the governor said that we all need to pre- prepare that before this is over, that we'll all be touched by death in some type or form. Like, I found that humbling. You know, it might be you, it might be me, it might be someone we know and care about, but it makes me want to shelter in home. But, you know, what does it mean to shelter in home? You know, I was doing some reading uh, on the internet about what does it mean to shelter in home, and I stumbled upon some of the original meanings meanings of sheltering in home. And I found that it basically is about when a nuclear bomb goes off, uh, sheltering in home and coming indoors immediately, putting plastic sheeting over your windows and duct taping them all off, go into your basement, huddle together, and pray that you don't get radiation. Hopefully you have a store of food and water to last you. I mean, 
Is that been a lesson that we all don't have enough food and resources to last us an extended amount of time? Phoebe and I had to go back to the grocery store to, to pick up two weeks' worth of supplies. And now that we're sheltering at home, we're kind of blowing through that stuff. But, you know, sheltering at home, you know, for me, there's perspective. You know, there has not been a nuclear bomb that has been dropped on several of our cities. You know, that that would be absolutely, absolutely devastating if that happened. You know, there is no Pearl Harbor when an enemy nation has invaded our shores. You know, that's not happening. This is a virus. It's a very, boy, what is that word? Virulent virus? Can't get it out of my, out of my mouth. It's a deadly virus for sure. But if, but if we follow directions, if we shelter in home, we have a very good chance, the odds are in our favor, to not get the virus. So unless you're someone who has to be out, then please be at home. Be at home. You know, unless you're someone that has to be out. You know, there's so many people who have to be out. Um, you know, I think of my four kids who are working or working in the front lines. I have a son who's a paramedic. His wife is an LPN working in a hospital, in an emergency room. My daughter is a PT who is working in another major hospital. And my son is a park ranger managing crowds at the local parks. You know, my daughter said that at her hospital, one of the largest in the city, they're having to recycle masks and gowns because the supply is dwindling. You know, for my children and countless others, they're putting their lives on the line for us. So for those who have had the luxury to stay home, then we need to do so. We need to do so with a smile on our face. We're fortunate. We're blessed. I can shelter at home. And I can sit on my front porch in the, in the sun. I can shelter at home and I have food to eat. I can shelter at home and I can watch TV, read books, play music. I mean, the list goes on and on. So the walls might be closing in, but you know what? I have to be pretty grateful for the home that I have. You know, I want to return to something the lieutenant governor said uh, that really kind of uh, rang in my head a little bit. They said the only way you can be sure to protect yourself from the virus is to treat everyone as if they're infected with the virus. I thought, wow, that's a powerful insight. The virus is teaching us to fear one another. I was in the King Supers picking up some prescriptions, and the people standing in line with me, I found myself thinking, oh, so you have the virus. You have the virus. You have something that might kill me. You know, it kind of felt overwhelming. I started wanting to really enforce that six foot, eight foot, ten foot space. Stay back. Stay away from me. You know, maybe really appreciate the pharmacist. I mean, think about these people. I mean, talk about people who we really need to be working. And people step up to them and they're three feet away and they're blasted with the virus. Boy, these people are heroes. Uh, They're so much on the front line, like doctors, nurses, firefighters. They're all on the front lines for us. They're serving us. When we think about everyone potentially carrying the virus and the need to be fearful of them, you know, I find myself thinking, we're not wired to be this way. We're not wired to think that everyone is potentially an enemy. And maybe it's me. I'm living in my little Mayberry life in Littleton. I live in the mountains. I live with horses and my beautiful wife. I've got my kids. You know, so I'm, 
I don't think we're wired to be separate. You know, I don't, I'm not wired to think that everyone is an enemy. You know, do you feel this way? Do you feel that everyone is potentially an enemy? Maybe you are. Maybe you live in a completely different world than I do, and that could be. But even when I'm in the inner city, even when I've been traveling to other countries, I felt that everybody wanted to be together. Everybody was there to help and support one another. People are wired to be together. Go all the way back to the caveman days. I mean, they lived in groups. Solo, they died. Working together, they lived, they thrived. They were meant to live together in communities. It is one of the base aspects of human beings is the desire to be this, be together. You know, we're the same. We live in families, groups, communities. We have religious places, churches, synagogues, mosques. People come together. People come together to celebrate a meal. They come to celebrate holidays and birthdays, special events. You know, we're created to be together. And all of this is being challenged by the virus, by the virus. You know, I have a birthday coming up and uh, my kids are beginning to realize that they can't come over to my house to celebrate my birthday. Not anymore. You know, Phoebe and I have made it clear that no one comes over to our house. We love our kids, but given their jobs, we've all been thinking that we need to stay clear of one another for a, re- for a while. It's hard, but we don't want to get sick. I mean, I'm dying to be with my grandson, but I don't want to get sick. I don't want him to get me sick. I don't want to make him sick. You know, Phoebe and I aren't wired this way. We want to be together. We're wired to be together, and the virus is challenging this. You know, I think because we're wired to be together and the virus is challenging it, I think we're going to discover the power of the local community. You know, things that we just took for granted. Neighbors, neighborhood, parks, green spaces, people that you see walking outside. You know, we're not, I'm not ever going to take them for granted. You know, just think we're not going to take for granted local businesses, shops, bars, pubs, coffee shops, Starbucks, you know, I hang out in coffee shops a lot. I do a lot of work in coffee shops. And so Starbucks and a place called Bean Fosters. I have a coffee shop right down the road from where I live. You know, I used to just hang out. I probably took them all for granted. As a, and now I begin to realize they're such an essential part of the fabric of the community. Just think of all the boutiques and the shops, the hairdressing places, the clothing places. They're they're all closed up. Business owners now wondering if they're going to go bankrupt. Now, will will we ever take these for granted ever again? You know, speaking of private businesses, please support them as much as you can by doing your shopping online. Do as much shopping online to support them. Here's one that I'm not going to take for granted is hourly employees. You know, hourly employees, they're all out of work right now. We just take them for granted. You know, not anymore. These people who work minimum wage are often in the business of serving us. You know, we need to value their work, and I will never take them for granted. I am wired to appreciate them. I need to appreciate these people. You know, think about this. We're never going, I'm never going to take for granted anyone in the grocery store or even more the whole food industry from the rancher to the farm worker the field worker the harvester the cattle the pig industry the chicken industry the truck trucker the distributor the store 
It's this long line of people that work to put food in our mouths. You know, I've got a whole new appreciation for them. You know, since I'm wired to be together, I need to figure out a way that to give thanks every single time food goes in my mouth. You know, I'm kind of a fast eater. I kind of like bolt the food down. But I'm going to start trying to do what the Buddhists do is that they... they uh, chew their bites, some of them chew for 30 times for every bite to try to savor every single taste in their mouth and just to try to appreciate every bit of food for that comes to us. You know, for those of us who attend church or a place of worship, we're wired to be together. We will never take churches or places of worship for granted ever again. You know, the work the churches do, I saw a Facebook meme that kind of, uh, no, kind of, it did offend me. Um, the meme said, we will never forget that while the motels opened their doors to the homeless, the churches stood by useless. I thought to myself, useless? Are you kidding me? Food drives, diaper, diaper, diaper drives, clothing drives, thousands of dollars, volunteers who are risking their health to take care of the homeless, counseling sessions, visitations. I mean, the list goes on and on of things the church, the synagogues, the mosques have been doing, all different uh, places of worship. They have been working so hard to support people during this time. The church has been anything but useless. For those of us who work and attend a place of worship, we realize what it means to be wired together. You know, we are wired to, to be connected globally. We're connected. We just can't stay huddled in our nation and not recognize how we're so connected. I mean, just think about this. From a, from a food plaza in a small town or a small city in China to now nations around the globe, we're connected. We're wired together in ways that I never really realized before until you begin to realize how commerce and trade and flight and businesses, how they just connect all of us together. We are connected globally. You know, we're wired, you know, here's a really, this is one that I love, is that it's kind of a reflection of my own life, is that Social media is a reflection of our need to be wired together. Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, you know, they all allow people to, uh, to connect. I know there's a shadow side of social media, but I mean, just think about this. This, uh, this podcast is coming to you via a social media um, platform, you know, but I think they create friendships that are virtual and I think they are significant. You know, I've been following a friend's illness for these past years, and now just this morning I found out that he passed away, all on Facebook. I've been praying for him. I've been getting updates all on Facebook. So yes, there's a, sh a shadow side, but there is also a profound side of social media that is a reflection of our wiring to be together. We are wired to be together. As people of faith, we know what it means to be wired together. The Apostle Paul calls the church the body of Christ. We're the living, breathing body of Christ. It takes all of us. I like to get people to think about what part of the body of Christ are they. I asked a class this past week, and they said, that, you know, some are the hands, some are the feet, some are the heart, the skin, the bones. I mean, I want you to think right now, what part are you? 
I like to envision myself as the eyes and the mouth of Christ. I do a lot of thinking, visioning, seeing, speaking. As the body of Christ, God has wired us to be together. This is why I think the virus is so challenging. It's short-circuiting our wiring. It's disconnecting our wiring. Virtual can only go so far. At some point, we're going to long to be touched, to hug. How about this one, to shake a hand? Will we ever get back to the point where we can shake hands? It's one of America's. I was trying to think about this. I know that Americans shake hands. I know that other nations do as well, but for Americans, it's, it's this huge thing. It, it's one of the most prized greeting is a handshake. Deals are sealed by a handshake. You know, will we ever be able to return to this friendly greeting, a handshake, after this illness is all over? Or will we be constantly weary of a handshake in someone else's hands? We cannot let the virus break our wiring. We need to stay together. When you go out for a walk, chat with a neighbor on the other side of the street, of course, then talk, stay wired. Then use your virtual community. Call someone, text, FaceTime, Zoom, Facebook. The list goes on and on. Snapchat, Marco Polo. Stay wired together. You you can follow me. uh, Follow my uh, Cowboy Jesus blogs. I try to post a couple times a week. Listen to my Wednesday shout out. And it comes on on Wednesday in the middle of the week. Listen to this podcast. Listen to other podcasts. You know, our Sunday worship service, a beautiful service today. This is Sunday afternoon, so it was this morning. Gorgeous worship service, and just not Columbines, but all other kind of worship services. So many different ways to stay connected. Email me, text me, Facebook me your ideas. Let's stay connected. You know, we're sheltering in place. It could be a whole lot worse. We have our home. We have each other. Life is good. Life is good. I always affirm that life is good. All right, that's the Steve Poos Benson podcast coming to you on this beautiful spring afternoon. I hope you are enjoying your beautiful life. Take care until the next episode.